calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, citizens, to the fifth episode of Liberty Vigilance. Our team has finally reached the fringe, and we're very excited to get right into the action this week. Thank you for being a listener, and remember, Atreus endures. Liberty. Vigilance. Episode 5. Close Enemies. No fire lamps are seen on this road, labeled Indigo, which seems to favor light bulbs of a purple glow. The team also passes a bottleneck between two makeshift shacks on the road. They notice four figures quickly move in behind them to set up traps to ambush the next group of travelers who will undoubtedly pass through. Ahead is the large, anthropomorphic, erect penis, marking the entrance of the whole poke. Two scantily clad sentinels pose outside the doorway, armed with compact firearms, and eyeing the team. I uh, look back at the trap that's being set up and see what I can ascertain. I should probably stop using that word in the fringe. I wouldn't say thank you anymore. <laughs> thank you. You, for that advice, I will take it. <laughs> the men appear to be setting up a wire. The wire's intended to trigger a sort of single-directional explosive device, aimed low so that the explosion cripples the legs of those passing by. We're lucky to have passed through there. We need to be more careful. Other individuals move into hiding places above the trap so they can easily descend upon their prey. Sylvanas is looking very puzzled at it and leans over to the others. Agent Tong says he was going to follow us, or was he already out here? He is going to be at a station at 7th Street and 15th Avenue. Guess you need to have no reason to come this way. 15th Avenue is quite a ways away. Yeah, it's in one of the southeastern sectors. It's an awful lot of trouble for the next person to come by, but we definitely don't want to give ourselves away. I don't think we have to concern ourselves with what fringers do to other fringers. Let's definitely not make our... Hasty escape back down that street, though. True. Fair point. 
Mark it on the map, Zolanus. Well, uh, let's keep moving. Onward and upward, I guess. <sighs> Glad my sister isn't here to see any of this. Let's just find Hobbs and get out of here. As the team gets closer, the air grows heavily scented, and the temperature becomes more comfortable than cold. The lead guard is a well-muscled man, not much older than 22, though his gaze has a certain sadness that cannot be easily discerned. He's shirtless, showing an abundance of reddish skin, blonde hair, a burn scar, and the sock tattoo on his left cheek. Is it the Fleur de Lis? Yes. He is also holding a slim, compact auto pistol painted with a small heart symbol, dancing in a tangle of colorful veins. Hey, friends, coming in? We're looking for Hobbs. Someone told us he'd be here. Hobbs owns this place. Yeah, he's inside somewhere. <laughs> you can't just talk to him directly, though. You gotta speak with Byard, his bestie, first. Uh, follow me. Oh, any of you got guns on you? Here. I hand him my rifle to conceal my PNK. And I roll a 17. It's hidden. Not me. Not me. <laughs> and do I have to roll for that? The guard rolls very well to detect hidden weapons. Ouch. Can I counter-roll? <laughs> Go for it. Since I do have a plus five in that particular skill, I, I kind of want to... So mm. close. So close. Very close, but the guard gives you a knowing look. And I feel shame. He then looks at Azad. Diana has said nothing so far. She has not lied nor spoken. This is Sark territory. If you want in, you gotta give us your guns. You know, just to get out. You get them back, no problems. We just don't want trouble. I'm going to try and spin this to my advantage by using a uh, persuasion check to give him my gun and protect Diana's. I'm sorry, I don't want any trouble. I, I am armed. Here, please, take it and step in front of Diana. Okay, so Sylvanas, um, can we just ask when Hobbs goes back to work? Because we can still meet him and when he goes to the place we originally established as being where we should be going. I'm not sure going in here and giving up weapons is really the best idea. We don't know what we're walking into. Good point. I don't really see what alternative we have, unless you want to shoot your way inside. I'm going to look up at the the guard and say something along the lines of, is this a place where you guys try and make meal? Yeah, that's the idea here. You come in, you spend some meal, you have a nice time, you get your whole poke and you leave. Whole poke? <laughs> Got guys down the alley setting up traps for future meal givers. Those bastards. Okay, um, tell you what. Um, again, if your friend's a Hobbs, that's, that's great. That's great. This is his joint. This is his. You know that if you're his old friends, right? Yeah, we got that. Then he'd like to know they're taken away. That's what I'm saying. But you can't just, as nice as you are, you can't just go directly to him because people are gunning for him. So you talk to his bestie, you get in nice with his bestie. I'll mention this thing. I'll introduce you right now as well. And, uh... Then you'll earn up the rep of being able to talk to him. I'll, will, tell him you're here in the meantime, of course, I think. I mean, I guess that's up to Bayard, I guess. Follow me. Just follow me. He hands the guns to the other guard. 
And don't forget it on your way out. I won't. <laughs> As the team steps through the doors, they emerge into an objectively large room lit by multicolored neon, complete with a bar, small lit stages with poles, and a dozen half-occupied tables. The patrons represent a diverse spectrum of fashion choices, and in addition to practically naked men and women tending to the patrons, perhaps eight sarks, like the ones seen outside, are visible. One of the sarks is particularly eccentric, sporting a loud miniskirt, striped leggings, a soft-looking vest-like garment made from an unidentifiable fabric, possibly hair, and a small child attached by a spiked leash. Wait here, B. Guards whisper something to the eccentric woman, who glances briefly at the group, clearly pleased. She smiles slightly and nods before sending a guard back the team's way. Byrd's fine to speak with you. Just chat on with her. The guard walks outside. I didn't understand anything that came out of that person's mouth. <laughs> we gotta go talk to her before we can see uh, the guy we want to see. All right, then. Somebody want to go talk to her? Horatius takes a step forward. Horatius... <laughs> Steps forward until he steps up to Bayard. Mystery of silly walks. Can I investigate her before we do this? That would require a perception check, as Clairehout is reasonably sure that she'll have no inner city record on file. Right. Ah, never mind. <laughs> you should still get some stuff. You joined our ranks. <laughs> our low-rolling ranks. Clairehout guesses the woman to be in her mid-twenties, and for the connected child to be between two and five years old. She has fair skin, surprisingly intricate makeup, and stripes of vivid yellow mixed with naturally black hair. Well, Horatius also looks, uh, gives her an appraising look, and discovers nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's attractive. He's so distracted by her hair coat that he doesn't get any info. <laughs> we got a two and a four. I don't even want to try, but I'm gonna, I guess. <laughs> Not gonna work, guys. All right, so I'm looking at, like, perceiving both her and the room around me and just looking for anything that would aggravate or be interesting to Diana. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> looking for all of us, it seems. Azad <laughs> believes that the room was perhaps converted from an industrial storage space. She's impressed with what they've done with the room, given her familiarity with the original modular layout. If it's a modular style, does that mean that there are um, sealable doors between multiple sections? Hazard knows where the sectional dividers should be, though she can already see that some of the doors that should be present have been removed. She also notices a fashionable curved knife sitting on Bayard's hip amidst jewelry, fashioned from a mix of gold, bone, and various other metals. Okay. Uh, Welcome to the poke. What's your business here? Nudge, nudge. We're looking for Hobbs. Told you were the one we had to talk to to find him. Or to get... Pr to, to talk to him. Yeah. Hobby don't like strangers. And we're not friendly yet. If you want to meet with him, you gotta make friendly with me. Anything you can say to Hobby, you can say with me, though, because I carry his voice when I speak. If you say so, look, how do we got it? How, how, how do we, how should we get friendly with you so we can see him? 
What do you want? I don't know your gang from piss. And you don't know much about us Sarks, it seems. <laughs> you haven't heard of the Blood Skulls? McBride must now roll a deception check. <laughs> oh, Archon. <laughs> That's okay. Follow it up with we're new and small. What is my deception? Oh, hey. I have a deception point. <laughs> Beat <it for> me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's it's Sylvanas who's supposed to be the charismatic one. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really, Horatius is just talking because nobody else is talking, and he's the <laughs> kind of guy who would just talk in this situation. Today, if we need to intimidate someone, I'm the guy. He's just giving McBride a chance to shine. <laughs> yeah, I ain't heard of you. But you need to impress us if you want to talk to our big boss in person. It just so happens, though, that you can impress me or Hobby by proving your worth as a gang by doing something for us tonight. We're having something of a... dispute. What sort of dispute? Some puke-eaters nearby roughed up some of our slaves and started threatening our customers. This can't tolerate it. Speaking of... threats to customers? Did he... Sark guard tell you about trap down the alley. <laughs> She's trying very hard, um, and it actually comes out sounding like she has some type of brain problem. <laughs> She's trying to sound like she's not using really big words. What the fuck's wrong with you? You special? Is there something wrong with this one? Let's get back to these puke eaters. Uh, do you know where they're hiding out? Yeah, a bit up the ways. And if you fix this for Hobby and me, you'll be considered friendlies and be allowed to speak with him. How about it? Well, we sure would like to be friendly. Well, you need to go up the block, bust in their heads, and bring back anyone still alive in the end. That's what I want from you. They're called Lucky Eights, just a bunch of tin lickers. Maybe 12 of them, just up the block on the left. Their place is marked with a giant bleeding eye. You'll see it. And, uh, most importantly, we want our girls back. We'll also pay extra for theirs. I'll pay very much extra. How many girls? They got four R's. And, uh... Don't mean to be rude, but, uh, didn't catch your name. Well, my reputation generally preheeds me. But I'm Bayard, Queen Killer of the Eastern Sarks. Queen Killer? Yeah. I killed one of the Connors' big bosses. Ripped out her starving throat in front of her warriors. Ate all the dangly bits and torched a body right there. Connors are pelucular when they're dead, so what I did hurt them bad. They ain't crossed me since. <laughs> and now, I'm one job away from running my own club. What about the kid? This one's mine. Had him a few moons ago, and he's grown quick enough. You interested? We'll pass for now. Any of you guys got names? Sadly, I hadn't considered that until now. You don't got a name? What kind of shit is this? Any of you guys got names? Blood skulls. No, no, no. What is the fucking name of you? You, the fucking walking ditter me in front of me? Or you weird scrappy bitch? And what the fuck is up with those fucking masks? Hey. You got a problem talking with someone face to face? The only problem I've got is with people touching me without my permission. Now, are we going to do this job for you or what? Hey, ease up. You're here to be friendly, right? Give me a fucking name or I'll fucking have you killed right now. Call me Head Smash. Nice. I like you, Head Smash. 
You're gonna do the talking, cuz. I don't like these other fucks. I also kind of like when you speak, cuz you got a nice voice and speak clean. Cute, too. <laughs> He's not the charismatic one. <laughs> so just make sure none of these fucks talk to me, and we're nice. And you know what? If you come back and bring some extra pulses, I'll get you some special one-on-one -on -one time with our best servers. Free drinks, drugs, and strippers for the rest. Plus 240 meal as a reward, and 32 for each extra girl after the first four. But I want at least four girls by the time the sun rises. Alive and undamaged. Sounds good to me. Blood skulls, roll out. One last thing. The eights might be witless, but they're fucking lucky. And numbers can outdo luck sometimes. I recommend picking a few mercs up for the job. And just to show that I ain't gilding you into a suicide mission, I'll up and send my brother Corners with you. Sound nice? Sure. Where do we find him? She motions to a shirtless man, flirting with mercenaries at a table nearby. Take nice care of him, okay? See ya. With her role of a natural 20, Hazard can see a number of groups who possibly appear as quality candidates for hire. <laughs> The one named Corners, who is flirting with a party of three, a group of thuggish, half-masked men dining on a leg. Two men wearing heavy armor, enjoying salacious entertainment, and two poorly dressed figures smoking chems out of a hookah. The other patrons are either sarks, servers, merchants, or guards for the merchants, though one of them might be a medical practitioner of sorts. Well, I wasn't too keen on going in there and busting some skulls, but... If they've got hostages, that can't stand. Agreed. So, which one of these mercenaries do you think we should hire? Well, I figure we gotta go over there and talk to Corners anyway. Might as well talk to the mercenaries he's talking to, make a nice trip out of it. May as well. Why don't we alternate who talks to these guys? Yeah, it sounds good. I'm getting tired of talking. Sylvanas, why don't you take this one? Absolutely, I will. Clairhout approaches Corners a blonde young man who has some resemblance to his sister. He's laughing with two men who are dressed almost as eccentrically, while a tough-looking woman sitting at the table breastfeeds an infant. Let me do a quick pass here. Or not. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Claire Hatt cannot see anything more, perhaps distracted by Corner's nipples, which are exposed. <laughs> as per the usual. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Are you Corner's? Excuse us, friends. I don't think we've seen each other yet. I'm Cornus. Business or pleasure? This is business, I'm afraid. Baird sent us over. Hmm. That's a shame. You're a pretty bunch. I know we are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. What can I do for you? We, uh, are trying to put a team together, wondering if your friends here might be able to help us out. Yeah. We're gonna team. We're team. Hoping not to run into too much trouble, but things might get, uh, combative. Oh, you... you're helping with this? Yes, we are. Yeah, well, I saw this one coming. You're helping with this, so sure. Oh, what's the corners for you? Corners lovingly taps a previously unnoticed machine gun that's strapped to him via a three-point harness. It's a large and well-maintained gun, notably so out here beyond the wall. I don't think they'll join us, though, the Maddox. They, uh, got to deal with the eight, so they can't play with us. At least not this time. That might join us at the office fair. The woman with the child perks up at the mention of her name. 
I'm just looking for a few scant meal to feed myself while my kiddo here is feeding. Mm. How about five meal? I don't care your flavor. Just, oh, I just need something worth the risk. I see there's a infant we need to feed here, but would you take four meal? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, four's nice. You pay now or later? Let me talk with my friends first. Thank you for your time here. Give me just one second. Okay. There's another thank you. <clears throat> Stop saying thank you. <laughs> Don't say that word. Anybody, uh... Not sure they know that word. <laughs> Anybody think she can help us out here worth four mail? Does she look armed? Like, he has a, an automatic. Does she have anything on her? I'm much too distracted by his nipples still. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, I'll roll. I mean, look at them. They're so perky. I, I... <laughs> I think the winning move here is not to play. So much to look at and none of it important. The woman looks generally tough. Her skin has a half dozen tattoos and prominent ritualistic scarring can be found adorning her chest, neck, and face. Part of her left ear is also missing, as if bitten off. She's armed with a knife and a strange club with a trigger on it, indicating that it also might be capable of shooting bullets. Look, why don't we give her half the meal now, half the meal when the job is done? That way, if she turns out to be useless, we can just cut our losses. We don't really have a reason to earn meal off of this, so we could offer her any of the meal we get from rescuing additional slaves past the original four. That sounds agreeable. As long as we can phrase that payment plan simply, I think we'll be good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I'm not doing well with the speaking thing. There's also the concern that she might want some kind of incentive for coming along in the first place. We can give her some now, but we weren't given any additional meal when we left. Hmm. So, I don't know how much meal you guys have on you right now, but I'm not very happy at the prospects of what we will be eating if we get rid of all of our meal. Well, why don't we try your offer, and if that doesn't work, we'll improvise. We can still offer her something up front, but we could just say that on the back end, anything she earns from the additional slaves would be hers. Before I uh, decide on that, is there anything additional I can find out about the two raggedy-looking individuals with the hookah? While you investigate that group, I need to find a bathroom. Don't leave without me. I wouldn't dream of it. That's actually a pretty nice role. Claire Hout can see two figures in the corner sharing a hookah with one of the servers. One is bald with tattoos over his eyes and forehead, and the other is a blonde woman with dozens of pockets sewn into her clothing. Neither appears to be armed, but padding suggests that they might be concealing weapons. Okay. Do they have sark marks? While the figures have a bounty of tattoos, they both appear to lack the sark mark. So he said there were maybe eight uh, individuals we're after, right? How many additional mercenaries do you think we're going to need? Run that by corners. He knows more about this gang we're going after than we do. I'm thinking we should take the, the uh, woman with the baby. We'll have corners either way with his machine gun. Um, I like that idea. Yeah, let me just turn back around. I'm going to take two meal out if I can. We turn back around to the table and put them in front of the woman. The woman grins revealing a set of eroded gray teeth. <laughs> a little something to get you interested. Uh, does it sound okay to give you the other two once the job is done? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. We're, we're great. <laughs> we're great. Uh, I, I'm Pep, by the way. Scar. 
I'd like to shake her hand. Well met. Well, 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 well met. Let's go and friends. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Just uh, let me know when you're ready. Just say and I'll be with you. Should I meet you somewhere or, or just wait here for, for a bit? Or, or Wait here for now. We'll let you know when we're ready to head out. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pep opens one of the meal and immediately starts consuming it. She appears malnourished. Corners, we're uh, going to be heading down the block here to that bleeding eye. How many uh, people do you think are going to be down there for us? Locates are tough. Maybe looking at a couple? Probably a dozen. Maybe. Maybe a little less. And how many do you think you can handle by yourself with that uh, machine gun of yours? Well, see, I handle a direction. That's my thing. I don't handle numbers. I just handle every number in one direction. So I got the name Corners. I typically got a corner. <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> this would be easier if they just wanted us to blow up the place. But we have to rescue people? Yeah, yeah. We want our strippers back. Brush the thoughts. <laughs> what kind of weapons do you figure these people are going to be having on them, Corners? Uh, lucky eights. Most of them probably got single shots, but they'll be reluctant to use it. They don't like spending shells. And socks, we got plenty of bullets. But gangs like those users don't like the idea of shooting a weaker meal if they could kill you in the club just the same. Uh, Horatius turns back to his comrades. Well, I figure even if they have superior numbers, we can probably outfire them with what we've got and what Corners has. No need to take a man to man. Yeah. The woman that we're taking, does she have sock marks? Pep doesn't have a sock mark on her. All right, so they wouldn't give her guns. It probably wouldn't hurt to take an extra body or two with us. You know, spare pulses are nice to have, so somebody's got to bleed up. It's not us. What about that guard that stopped us on the way in? Oh, <laughs> Bliss? Nah, he's got guard here tonight. He's on shift. Maybe we should talk to the doctor. I don't suppose I could be of service to any of you guys in the meantime. Hmm? Corners winks at Azad. She does not notice because at this point she's looking in any other direction. <laughs> Because, as Sylvanas and I found out earlier, do not stare directly at his nipples. <laughs> you know, I think we're going to be fine, Corners. Why don't you stick to your namesake? Well, you can always join me in a corner for the right price. If you understand me. I think we'll have to pass this time. Aight, aight. I'm here. Just let me know when you're ready, and we'll get up and go. Got it. We'll let you know. So what are... What are okay, so we're taking... This person and that person with us, he's armed, she is not, and we're going after possibly a dozen fringers in their own compound. Well, that's the plan so far. This sounds like a horrible plan. Also, do we count the baby as one of our party, or...? <laughs> she better not be bringing the baby. Just tactically speaking, they make a lot of noise. <laughs> we should have figured that out before I gave her that meal. All right, so we need to find out, first of all, if we're taking the baby into battle. Second of all, some information on this compound we're going to. More than possibly a dozen. And anything else we're missing before we head out in this horrible direction? Well, we already know there's going to be a dozen people we're going to be fighting. That they're going to be lightly armed and reluctant to shoot. Uh, I don't know exactly how many people we need to take, but... Probably not as many as they have, since it seems like at the very least, Corners is going to have some superior firepower. Maybe some of these other people we're talking to will too. Mm. Speaking of firepower, don't forget to get your gun on the way out. 
Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> I mean, fuck off for the reminder. <laughs> you're fucking welcome or whatever. Yeah. Bravo, you're doing very well. Starting to sound like fringers already. Well, I think we need one more. <laughs> Horatius seems non, uh, non-sarcastically proud of that compliment. Like, uh, uh, well, I never considered myself an actor, but... Um... <clears throat> Did anybody else notice that Sylvanas type? The battle baby into our head. Oh, yeah. Well, I kind of want to take him now. Forge in this baby armor all week. <laughs> there, plus two armor on the battle baby. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no. What about... It gives her plus two armor. <laughs> oh. For at least two shots. That right? is tough, man. <laughs> what about the two men wearing heavy armor being entertained by, I'm assuming, the strippers? Perceive. And I will. May as well, right? And I won't. Azad and Clarehout approach two heavily armored men, each with a club resting beside them. They have short hair, simple tattoos, and they are flirting with three attractive servers. Both men are wearing homemade armor fashioned from pieces of what Clarehout suspects was at one point Atrian armor, mixed in with scrap fabric and heavy stitching. Imagery of terrifying monsters with four legs and flaming hair is etched and painted onto the armor. Two bulky metal helmets and two sets of heavy gloves nearby confirm that they each have a full bodysuit of extremely durable armor, though they noticeably lack firepower. As Clarehout approaches, the older of the two frowns at him. Yo, we got a job we could use a couple of fellas like you, lots of meal in it for you. Interested? We're for hire. Good. (laughs) (laughs) And? So, uh, you coming or what? What you paying? What are you bringing to the table? Well, we hit shit, it dies. How hard? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're all right. Pay our tab and we're with you. What's your tab? Hmm. Between the hookers, the blow, the drinks this week, uh, maybe 12 meal. All up front. No haggling. It's actually less expensive than I thought. What though? That was far more expensive than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. Well, actually, that is. Hmm. I was going to say I've got a lot of meal, but really I've got a lot of credits. Yeah, like we don't have a lot of meal on us. If we give away all of our food, we're going to be eating not food. (laughs) Well, we have the baby. I don't know what you're worried about. (laughs) Right. That is a battle, baby. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not for eating. (laughs) Gentlemen, let us uh, think about it. We'll get back to you. Okay. I'd like to go over to the doctor, if I may. The man Clarehout assumes to be a doctor appears generally distressed as he approaches. The doctor snaps quickly at a nearby man wearing a gas mask who appears to be a bodyguard. The half-masked doctor puffs smoke in Clarehout's face before taking a puff from an inhaler in his other hand. What do you want? I'd like to hold up my hands peacefully as possible. Hello, friend. I'm uh, trying to put together a team. Okay. I'm expecting a little trouble. I'm not sure if you're of the medical persuasion. I figured I would come and ask. Yeah, I'm a doctor. What's the mission? I'm gonna tap on Sylvanus' shoulder 
and pull him back. One moment. I have medical training, and I think that I'm probably a little bit better off than adding in an additional wild fringer factor to this. Understood, absolutely. Just gathering a little information. I don't think he can hear us. Because he's not an ear doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was curious if you had any additional supplies you might be willing to part with. Anything in particular looking for? Got some stitches, ointments for burns, got some drugs. Can't sell them to you here, though. Get me in trouble. Anything we're missing? I I don't think we want anything he has to offer. I tell you what, Doctor, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go do this thing, and uh, we'll come back if any of us gets hurt and we need something from you. Fuck off, then. Just like everybody else. Go bother somebody else next time. I've got boost drink. Booze to drink. I heard boobs to drink, and I was wondering if he was calling over a... Oh, poor doctor. Can't afford boobs. Do you want to do the diligence here, or should we go with what we have? Well, let's see. Uh, Corners is on the team already. Heavy armor-wearing men are too expensive. Doctors, just weird. I don't Um, particularly feel like talking to the guys eating a leg. I agree. Um... And then there's two poorly dressed figures smoking out of a hookah. So whether or not I believe they would be in condition to join us currently. I did take a look at them earlier. We already we already disastrously hired a baby. So I don't know about talking to... Maybe we should hire them to take care of the baby. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> See how this ends up. Oh, let's put the baby with the poorly dressed figures smoking out of the hookah. In the strip club slash brothel. <laughs> well, that's better than taking the baby into a line of fire, isn't it? Well, this is such a horrible idea. Let's approach the group at the uh, hookah. The bald man stops himself from taking a hit and silently stares at Clairhaut. <laughs> While everyone can see that the bald man is covered in a mix of reinforced armor and cloth with a bong gas mask hybrid built into his shoulder pad, Only Azad is able to notice the outline of a concealed firearm of some sort under his cloak. The bandolier he's wearing suggests that whatever it is, it probably fires shotgun rounds. The accompanying woman appears to have various pieces of scrap in her numerous pockets. She also appears to be armed with short scrap blades and an ancient GNK pistol mounted on a wrist brace just beneath her sleeve. Nice Eve. Hey, yeah. Oi, what's to smoke? Whatever it is, it's not strong. We'll do. We're actually looking to put together a team here, wondering if uh, you two might have any skills to contribute. Well, I happen to be a gun for hire, working for the most trusted for hire gang in all the fringe. Death bribers, the most glorious assassins. You get me and my gun for the night, 20 mil. No questions asked, except the most important one. What's the most important one? Who we killing? He grins, notably missing a few teeth. And you? I nod to the woman. I'm for hire too, or for trade if you need stuff traded. What are you doing? I need to know a little more, you know. Rescue mission of sorts might get sticky. Um, eight mil. That'll set me up nice for the week. Give me time to work on art. And just to be clear, you're for hire individually. Yeah, yeah, we're just smoking together for a beat. Excellent. Let us uh, think about it. We'll get back to you. Okay. So who are we killing? 
Going after a gang just down the block. Maybe a dozen or so. They don't have to die, but might come to it. The man smiles and leans back, seemingly indifferent as Hawk perks up. What's the name of the group? I know a lot in this area. I do lots of trades, so I know lots of people. Sylvanas is hesitant to tell her, and it shows in his forehead with little wrinkles. Yeah. Actually, we're not quite sure ourselves yet. Uh, just going on some loose information. Hmm. Weird, but I can help. I know lots of people, so I know lots of things, and I know lots of secrets. That's my specialty. I'd like to turn to Horatius. Okay. Perhaps uh, something in her inventory might make us a little more friendly here. Can we chat for a moment? Uh, we did not get to finish our conversation earlier. Just a chatterbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to inform them about what I saw on them while they were discussing the way too high price of 20 meal. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Horatius, uh, Horatius kind of waved the blood skulls back away from the group so they can talk more openly. <clears throat> so the only people we haven't talked to are the thuggish masked men dining on a leg. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not about this leg situation. Uh, I'm thinking of anybody, the eight meal girl would be a decent hire. She is armed. That's a sight better than anyone else we could hire. We could hire one of them and just make sure they don't make it. Send them in first or something. They are fringers, after all. It's not like they're people. Right? Yeah, that's not the worry. The worry is if they go in first and die, are we going to get our meal back? Pay them after? Offer them double? Oh, that's sure. So eight... The woman who was um, eight, eight meal for hire, she had the pistol... Or what was it that you said that she had? Because you expect me to remember that word, and I did not. Good night, kiss. Concealed pistol, I believe it was. So it's an atrium gun? It's not a standard-issue atrium gun, but it's one that falls under second-tier lethality. Hmm. It's an older model, a uh, GNK-12, which, unlike the newer GNK-16s, doesn't have the mark reader. Okay, so uh, she's armed. What can I see that is in her pockets? In addition to scrap... Azad feels fairly confident that she also remembers seeing various drugs, blades, strange burnt substances that might have been flesh, clumps of hair, and bullet casings. All right, so things that would be considered profitable in the fringe. Well, I think we need one more. She seems like the best candidate. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Just to be forward with you guys, I have 13 meal left of my own after my little spending spree. You have 13 meal on you? I do. That is a lot of meal. It's hidden. (laughs) You have like over double the amount of meal that I have on me. Well, you just make it, then I I take it all from you. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything about the amount of meal I have, but anyway, I think it's a good idea. (laughs) Definitely something we should consider. I need to get a new job, because my job is not paying me well. And it's sending me into the fringe. I have a really bad job. Well, technically it's our part-time jobs that got us into the fringe. Right. Well, I tell you what, if you're ever interested in getting into the mining trade, I can put in a good word. I am not. (laughs) I guess that settles that. (laughs) How much does it smell like urine in the mines? (laughs) Really, it smells mostly like dirt. It's a mine. I'm considering it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dirt's not bad. 
not a bad smell. In comparison. Alright. You wouldn't believe what some of the stuff they put into meals smells like before they put in all the other stuff. I'd believe it. That's why I get the uh, special, uh, where they make it into a sandwich or whatever. <laughs> you have to get that artisan food. Jeez, you really are paid a lot. All right. Without being indelicate, Horatius, is eight meal a problem for you? Uh, I can swing it, but I wouldn't mind if the two of you chipped in at least a meal or two. I'm comfortable with that. I have five meal on me. Okay, well, uh, how about this? Uh, I will contribute uh, five out of the eight meal we need, and the two of you can hash out however much you can contribute. I can cover the other three for now, absolutely. That is if you think we need her. I can do one. I think Horatius' plan is basically hire the girl, go to the place, and see what happens. Hire the girl, do you mean the, the woman who has the gun? Yes. Okay. So we'll have corners and the woman with the baby and the woman with the gun. Right. What are we doing with the baby? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, uh, uh, Horatius <laughs> will head back over to the table with the woman with the baby at it. Hey. Hey, uh, noticed you got that baby there. Uh, what were you planning on doing with it while you were on this mission? What do you mean? It's not for sale. I'm keeping him. Well, sure, but, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be bullets flying around, maybe. Uh, people getting hit. Wouldn't want your baby to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I put him on my back. Oh. All right, listen. Uh, so you want to take the baby with you while we do this? Uh, go into a violent situation with a baby? If I leave him here, these sarks will... Uh... Oh, damn, as much as I like the Sarks, I wouldn't feel easy leaving them with anyone, you know? He's my blood. Right. Not that you get it. Creep blood gangers. Can we hire a prostitute as a babysitter? Just an idea. Look, uh... How would you feel if, uh... We, uh, talked to one of the ladies here, maybe gave him a couple of meal to watch over the kid for you? Would you feel safer with the one of them than with one of the Sarks? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're uh, they're basically sarks, but I think giving them the mail for it. Yeah, I, hmm. yeah, you guys are nice. I don't get it. I, I thought you guys were skull crushing creepers, right? If the baby cries, it'll tell them that we're there. Oh, you don't cry. Yeah, but it'll, uh, if you do that, I I'll, I'll be happy. Um, that'll be nice. Uh, all right, let's do that then. Well, let's find out how much. It- costs to rent a babysitting prostitute. <laughs> Horatius is going to walk right up to one of the ladies. What can I do for you? Well, I got a job for you that's probably not the kind of thing you're used to. Uh... I get that a lot. Look, that lady over there has a baby. How much would we have to pay you to watch it for an hour or two? The night. Probably the night. It might take the night. I don't know. The night. Probably the night. Two meal, okay? I'll make sure no one touches it. You got my word. I think you got yourself a deal. Name's Silver. I'll be here all night. Now with this baby. And we'll be in that corner when you return. Thank you, Silver. McBride gives Silver two meal. Uh, Horatius leads her over to the baby, makes an introduction, and then assuming she's got the baby, gives her the meal. Pep, this is Silver. Silver, this is Pep. Hey. Mm. And that's the baby. 
drop him, and I'll rip your tongue out and feed it to you. Okay. Whatever. Be nice for him, going. I'm keeping a ledger, and I just had to put in babysitting. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said we just lost two armor because you were referring <laughs> to the plus two for the battle baby armor. <laughs> well, that too. We should try haggling. We should haggle. <laughs> what a novel idea. This is too much money, guys. Because it is insane to be like, just from the perspective, this is too much money. Haggle, guys. Look, one of Horatius's, uh, Horatius's flaw is I spend far too much money on things. So if you want to haggle, <laughs> you really need to haggle for him. Or he needs to not be the oh, point no. man for financial transactions because that's what's been happening so far. Okay. So you will not be the point man for the financial transactions. Um, well, if you say so, I thought I was doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Two meal for a prostitute for the night to watch a baby <laughs> is way too much money. Well, we don't want the baby to get hurt. It's a baby. She could have done it for a tin and just put it in a basket and had other people pay her for other things the rest of the night. Like... <laughs> Dude, that was way too much money. That was like two days work, two days salary for these people. Well, look, I don't, I mean, I don't want the baby to be in a basket. I want to make sure she's watching the baby. Oh. I want the baby to. I've just been watching it happen. I'm like, I feel like that was. I feel you like should that was probably too much. speak up. I feel like that was too much. That's one of your traits. You can't stand people who do stupid things. I know I'm telling them now. <laughs> On the other side of the whole poke, Special Agent Cassius Solgott meets up with an old friend, a fringer by the name of Flick. Hey, that you, Flick? Uh, oh, hey, Cass. Thought it was you. No one else I know has ink that nice. Thanks. So, you and Ziggs on a job for Dan? No. Why? Perfect. You're working for me and those guys. Unless you got something better y'all can be doing. For ten meal? I don't got anything better I could be doing. I always love having you and Ziggs around, Flick. Yeah, don't ask too many questions. Per the usual, don't insult my friends, and keep what we're up to a secret. Welcome to the Blood Skulls. Agent Solgott approaches the team with a male fringer. He will now describe his visual appearance. In comes a fringer with dark-ish skin. He's a little lanky, about 5'11", and he looks very athletic. He has dark brown eyes and medium-length black hair that's been done into dreads. Everyone, this is Flick. Flick will be joining us for the duration of our mission. He's trustworthy and he's reliable. Flick, this is the team we're working with. They have many names they go by, and, uh, it'd be more difficult for me to tell you some of their names, so I'll give you the easiest ones to remember. What was your name again? Sylvanas. No. <laughs> it's Scar. Ah. Now Scar makes sense. Sylvanus is a bit fancy for around here. <laughs> what does Scar look like? Scar has a darkish skin as well, a dark gray hair with a streak of white along the side. Looks to be a Scar, aptly named. Also got an eyebrow gap in the hair there from a Scar as well. I apparently don't like my face and don't care to protect it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty average in every other way, about six feet, 
average build. Pretty, uh, don't remember that he was ever in the room. She motions to Azad next. Okay. A woman who looks... Um, so Diana usually stands about 5'7", but ever since she put on all of the fringer garb, she's been kind of hunched over, um, because she doesn't really want to stand out too much. Um, she has very dark eyebrows, but she's currently wearing a really ragtag sort of hood over her head. Um, she has very prominent nose and a black bob haircut. Um, she has brown, dark skin, and... She just looks very unhappy to be here. <laughs> very unhappy to be here. Diana, tell him your name. Zid, because that was something her little sister correct, incorrectly pronounced their last name when they were longer, younger. So she's going to be Zid. Zid, Scar, and uh, the tall guy. You see before you a strapping lad, probably in his early 20s. Not super tall. He's 5'8". 135 pounds of muscle, dark eyes, olive skin, and slicked back hair. He's unshaven and kind of gruff, but there's a certain kindness behind his eyes that he doesn't seem able to disguise. And he says, I'm head smashed and we're the blood skulls. Nice to meet you or whatever. (laughs) Head smasher is our impromptu boss, but he don't talk so well, so sometimes we talk for him. (laughs) Uh, the man in the dreads tries to hide a smirk and doesn't completely succeed. <laughs> well, uh, Scar, Zick, Zid, Scar, Zid, Head Smash, nice to meet ya. My name's Flick. He waves at you with his right arm, and you see a series of metal plates running down his arm, or at least it appears to be a series of metal plates. If you look a little closer, you realize it's just a tattoo sleeve that's been made to look like a robot arm. It was very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. So we're currently grabbing some pulses before we do a raid, a group nearby. We're trying to figure out who we want to run with us. That's our plan. Hmm. Flick recognizes a fellow scavenger merchant who he sold things to in the past, named Hawk. So are we hiring anyone, or are we going to do this ourselves? What is your recommendation? I mean, uh, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someone should tell Flick what we're up against. Yeah, I guess that's fair. We're going up against about a dozen not especially well-armed, and they're going to be scared to shoot because bullets are expensive. Hmm. Well. The name of the gang is the Lucky Eight. Ah, the Lucky Eights, huh? Yep. I work with them sometimes. Are you opposed to killing them? Well, uh, I was gonna help, but against the eights? Maybe not for ten meal. I can also take care of some of the debt you got. Hmm. Situation starves a bit, but, uh, I'm in. Something that just occurred to me while we're speaking privately. Um, if Pep should happen not to make it, what is our plan for what we do with the baby? Ah. <sighs> Guess Pep had better make it. Corners knows her. Maybe he knows something. I don't, I don't, actually, I really don't care. It's a fringer. Fair enough. Ain't we all fringes, though? <laughs> we are now. Damn right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all fringers here. We nice. I take it from your silence that this extra 12 meal here is for my extra silence. Exactly. <laughs> so why should anyone care about the small child? It'll be worth something to the Sarks, maybe. 
Other than that one of my core motivations is protecting everyone, no, 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 no reason. <laughs> but in the Atreus mentality, you would not consider Fringers to be human. In theory. Right, yeah, I was going to say, I think Fringer or no, Horatius is looking over at that baby and thinking about what his little sister looked like when she was born. <laughs> You're thinking too much into it, stop. <laughs> well, listen, how about we go and do this thing, we'll do our best to make sure everybody comes out of it alive, and we'll deal with the aftermath after the, the math. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. Okay. So are we hiring anyone else, or are we ready to go? So we're going up against an assumed twelve, uh, at, up against pop, maybe, <laughs> maybe twelve, um, and I think with what we have, we should be okay. Are we going to pick up the other lady as well? It's eight meal on the table, whether we want to or not. That's a good point. Or you have not attempted to haggle yet. <laughs> what me? No, no, no. We're haggling someone else. Ah. Why don't we uh? Scar? Scar. Why don't you haggle her down? I'll do my best. Sounds like a plan to me. I'll walk back over to her. Uh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot the name of the woman. I'm, uh, it's, uh, it's the scavenger, right? With the pockets? Isn't it Hawk? Hawk, you said? Hawk. Got it. <laughs> so, me and my friend are, uh, about ready to go here. You said you needed eight meal to come with us, is that right? Yeah, that'd be great. Any chance you take four? That will require a successful persuasion check. Not that likable. Five, maybe? Five and a ten? How about just five? Sure, done. Four and ten, four and ten. You can't haggle after haggling and agreeing. No take backs. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I will turn around, uh... Horatius, my friend, my pockets are a little light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Horatius uh, uh, digs around his pockets for a while. How much you need? Four. Okay. I'll spot one. Uh, oh my uh, god, don't do that in, like, public. <laughs> Horatius looks around to make sure that Hawk's the only person watching him, and then he pulls four meal out of his pocket and uh, hands it off to his uh, buddy whose uh, name I just... Forgot. I'm sorry. What was your character's name? Sylvanas. Scar. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Scar. Scar. We're gonna die. I will take the four meal. I will add one of my own, and I will hold it knowingly out to her, but not all the way. <laughs> she slowly reaches for the meal, and I reluctantly give it to her. Cool. When do we leave? We'll let you know. We got just a few more things to discuss first. Right. I'm here. I won't smoke too much, because I've got a job now. The other mercenary exhales puffs of smoke indifferently behind her. I would like to nod at them and then rejoin the group. I'm going to be able to run a lot faster now that I got rid of this meal. Well, hopefully we won't have to do too much running. I guess we'll find out. Well... Anyway, do we want to go ahead and do this, or are we still figuring things out? Who was the one who said they had done work with the Lucky Eights? Oh, that was me. What can you tell us about him? Well, I can tell you... That they like luck a lot. Uh, <laughs> their leader Teal is a real pushy gal. She stole from me once because she didn't like my work. Are we not going to like your work? I don't know. You paid ten meal for it. He's reliable. We'll like his work. You said they like luck. Do they go beyond that? Would we be able to potentially resolve this with a coin toss? Hmm. 
Maybe. It's almost like a religion to them. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I guess that's worth a shot first. Flick unconsciously pulls out a flat piece of scrap from his pocket. Flick just glides it through his finger nervously and flips it towards Scar. Do I have to roll to catch it? <laughs> Thank you. Cat-like reflexes. Interesting. I'll, uh, I'll hold on to this. Show? Well, I've just got to get my gun back. That's the only thing stopping me from leaving. That and the fact that it smells worse outside. Should I tell everyone to meet us outside, then? Sounds good to me. All right. Meet you out there. Okay, Skull Crushers. Let's do this thing. Wasn't it Blood Skulls? <laughs> oh, yeah. Blood Skulls. As the team exits the whole poke, Bliss, the guard, smiles and returns their weapons. Hey, friends, we really appreciate your help here. Those eights won't know what hit them, eh? Oh, uh, the eights are a block up that road, not the one you started from, Eighth and Indigo. Stay smart. The mercenaries that the team hired, Corners, Pep, and Hawk, join them after a few moments. Corners looks at McBride. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Head Smasher, we doing this? I don't see why not. Let's go, uh, Blood Skulls. Liberty Vigilance, created and produced by Travis Vengroff, with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats, starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Buckley, Caitlin Stats, and introducing Daniel Thorson as Flick, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Ethor Vithyarsson, Sarah Golding, Russell Moore, Heather McLennan, Stephanie Lando, Abby Kindler, Sean St. Pierre, Frank Carino, and Paul Maya. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn, Stephen Malin, and Brandon Strader. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original Game Master was Travis Vengroff with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode was brought to you by our Patreon team. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially like to thank citizens Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Anton Scalia, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, and Austin Barth. This broadcast is created by Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.